London Calling. London Walks Connecting. This is London. Story time. History time. And a second helping of Point Counterpoint from former Museum of London archaeologist Kevin Flood. Kevin had that distinguished career as an archaeologist, but really he's something of a Renaissance man. He doesn't just hoe those archaeology rows. He's also got some serious literary expertise. And this one's point-counterpoint, because while Dickens and Christmas is making all the running, here's a dark horse. Compliments of who else but Renaissance man and Museum of London Emeritus Kevin Flood. It's a podcast about Jane Austen and London. It's a trailer for the two Jane Austen and London tours he's doing tomorrow, Saturday, December 23rd. First one, in the afternoon, is a walk out and about in Jane Austen's London, a shoe-leather-on-pavement walk. And then, in the evening, it's a virtual tour. So wherever you are in the world, you can meet up with Kevin Flood and have him show you around Jane Austen's London. And as you're about to hear, while Jane Austen and her London is the main thrust of Kevin's remarks, he's fitted it up with lots of Christmas trimmings, Regency Christmas trimmings, the games they played, the food they ate, etc. What Christmas was like in Jane Austen's day. What's not to like? Here's Kevin. Hi, this is a podcast about Jane Austen's London. Uh, my name's Kevin Flood, and I'm doing a couple of walks for London Walks on the 23rd of December, 2023. Uh, 2.30, I'm doing a guided walk um, from Green Park Underground Station by the Fountain near Green Park. Um, and I'm also doing it as a virtual tour uh, the same evening on the 23rd of December, and that will be at 7.30. You can book for both of these at the London Walks website. Um... So that's what this podcast is about. As it's Christmas, I'm going to add to the normal fare of the walk, which is essentially about sense and sensibility in Jane Austen's life in London, and I'm going to add to it a layer about um, London, um, Christmas during the uh, late 18th and the early 19th century, during the time of Jane Austen's life. So first of all, Jane Austen in London... Um, her brother was a banker and she came up to visit him um, about the time she was getting her books published, which were published in the Mayfair area. Um, and one of her, uh, one of her, the books that really deals with London, the, in fact, the only book that really has got a, hu- a big section about London is Sense and Sensibility, where about a third of it takes place in London. Um, and so we'll be looking at how Jane Austen came to London, um, what, what she did when she was in London, um, and who she visited, um, and how that, a, a bit about the sense of sensibility as well. But as I said, we're going to add to that and added, adding some of the elements of a, of a, of a Georgian and a early 19th century Christmas. So it wasn't yet the Christmas of Charles Dickens. Um, it was um, sort of in a transition from uh, the old medieval style to a more modern style of uh, Christmas. Um, but there are a lot of t- interesting traditions that took place at that time, and we have some insight into Jane Austen's um, Christmas um, because there are some letters that existed. 
um, and there are also uh, some elements in her book. So we'll 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 bring those forward and have a look at what she might typically have done during uh, the Georgian and the early 19th century. We'll look at some of the games that were played uh, and um, what we know about them. So we know that Jane Austen didn't really like card games because she thought it was much less interesting than a really lively conversation and her dull relatives would just go and play cards. But otherwise, the Georgians were kind of obsessed with um, with cards. The cards was a big part of it. But they also had rather lovely games called Bullet, Bullet, Bullet Pudding, um, which is actually a game I used to play when I was young. You just get a bowl, normally a white enamel bowl, and you put flour in it. Um, you then upend it, so you've got a mound, a neat mound of flour, and you put a bullet on the top, although in my day it was a coin. And what you then do is you then dance around it, and when the music stops or someone signals a stop, you stop. And the, 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 the knife is pointing at somebody, and the person it's pointing to has to take the knife and cut a slice of the flower. Um, and then the music starts again, and you dance around again until it stops again, and then somebody else has to take a slice. Um, and then the whole point is you're not supposed to be um, disturbing the bullet or the coin on the top. And what happens is some eventually the coin or the bullet is on a little column of flour, and then someone cuts it, and uh, it falls over, and then they have to pick it up with their teeth, and of course everyone else grinds their face into the flour. And then they, everyone has a laugh because they look like a, like a kind of a ghost because they've got flour all over their face. And that was one of the games that we know that Jane Austen's family played. It's true we don't know as much as we do about other periods, um, particularly the 19th century and the, maybe the medieval period, but there is evidence that people were still celebrating Twelfth Night. There was a, a, a big ritual about Twelfth Night cake and a game called Kings and Queens, or the Bean King and Queen, which was a bit like a combination of, um, of charades where people acted. Uh, according to characters, so they they took uh, the king and queen um, were chosen by a, a, a bean or a pea that was in the cake, um, and then they gave rolls out to all the other players, and then they all had to act in character to their roles for much hilarity, and that took place at twelfth night. We also get an idea that Christmas was a long period. Not only were there 12 days of Christmas, 12 nights of Christmas, persuasion, um, and Elliot's family are still sort of got Christmas guests yes. February at Candlemas. Um, and so the Christmas season was, I suppose, a bit like it is for school children. Um, there was a time at Christmas when the farm wasn't so pressing and people weren't going to London to do their business as, as they used to so um, you might have relatives who come to stay with you and they wouldn't just stay for the three or four days they might still be there as they are um, at the Musgroves in February um, and they're desperate to get rid of them so there was this sort of short period of Christmas which we all have um, but then there was a 12 nights Christmas and then there was this extended period um, which was the Christmas period, which went on much longer than we can really imagine in the present day. So, lots to be done. This is on the virtual tour um, and on the walk. So just go through that again. We're doing Jane Austen's Christmas and Jane Austen's London. Um, the physical walk is at 230 on the 23rd of December 2023 and we're starting at um, 
uh, at Green Park um, uh, tube station, and where you go to Green Park entrance exit, and you go into Green Park, and there's a a, f a fountain, and that's when you all see me at two thirty. Then rush home because at seven thirty I'll be illustrating some of what I've said by um, uh, with with a, a virtual tour where we'll cover a lot of the same ground, but it will be illustrated. Um, and um, more about the Christmas rather than the tour of Jane Austen's London. So I hope to see you then. And my name's Kevin Flood, and these walks have been done for London Walks, and you can book at the London Walks website. Hope to see you either in person on the 23rd at 2.30 or in the evening at 7.30 virtually. OK, see you then. Happy Christmas from all of us at London Walks. To all of you, you good London Walks folk, you've been listening to This Is London, the London Walks podcast, emanating from www.walks.com, home of London Walks, London's signature walking tour company, London's local, time-honored, fiercely independent, family-owned, just the right size walking tour company. And as long as we're at it, London's multi-award winning walking tour company, indeed, London's only award winning walking tour company. And here's the secret. London Walks is essentially run as a guides cooperative. That's the key to everything. It's the reason we're able to attract and keep the best guides in London. You can get schlubbers to do this for 20 pounds a walk, but you cannot get world-class guides, let alone accomplished professionals. It's not rocket science. You get what you pay for. And just as surely, you also get what you don't pay for. Back in 1968, when we got started, we quickly came to a fork in the road. We had to answer a searching question. Do we want to make the most money? Or do we want to be the best walking tour company in the world? You want to make the most money, you go the schlubber's route. You want to be the best walking tour company on the planet. You do whatever you have to do to attract and keep the best guides in London. You want them guiding for you, not for somebody else. Bears repeating... The way we're structured, a guides cooperative, is the key to the whole thing. It's the reason for all those awards. It's the reason we're able, uniquely, to front our walks with accomplished, in many cases, distinguished professionals. By way of example, Stuart Purvis, the former editor and subsequently CEO of Independent Television News and Lisa Honan, who had a distinguished career as a diplomat. Lisa was the governor of St. Helena, the island where Napoleon breathed his last and, some say, had his penis amputated. Napoleon didn't feel a thing, if things the most used. He was dead. Stuart and Lisa, both of them CBEs, are just a couple of our headline acts. Or take our Ripper Walk. It's the creation of the world's leading expert on Jack the Ripper, Donald Rumbelow, the author of the definitive book on the subject.
Britain's most distinguished crime historian, Donald is, in the words of the Jack the Ripper A to Z, internationally recognized as the leading authority on Jack the Ripper. Donald's emeritus now, but he's still the guiding light on our Ripper Walk. He curates the walk. He trains up and mentors our Ripper Walk guides, fields any and all questions they throw at him. The London Walk's all-star team of guides includes a former London mayor. It includes the former chief music critic for the Evening Standard. It includes the chair of the Association of Professional Tour Guides and the former chair of the Guild of Guides. It includes barristers, doctors, geologists, criminal defense lawyers, Royal Shakespeare Company actors, a bevy of MVPs, Oscar winners, people who've won the big one, the Guide of the Year Award. Well, you get the idea. As that travel writer famously put it, if this were a golf tournament, every name on the leaderboard would be a London Walks guide. And as we put it, London Walks guides make the new familiar and the familiar new. And on that agreeable note, come then, let us go forward together on some great London walks. And that's by way of saying good walking and good Londoning, one and all. See you next time.